I'm Scott Aniel, and you're listening to Songs of Zion, Brief Reflections on Hymns to the Living God. Jesus Shall Reign was written in 1719 by Isaac Watts. This well-known hymn was actually Watts's paraphrase of Psalm 72, included in perhaps what is his most famous and influential work, the Psalms of David imitated in the language of the New Testament and applied to the Christian state and worship. Besides his discontent with the poetic awkwardness of the metrical psalmody of his day, Watts thought the psalms themselves were not proper for the Christian church, even in their content. Watts said of the content of the inscripturated psalms, when the best of Christians attempt to sing many of them in our common translations, that spirit of devotion vanishes and is lost. The psalm dies upon their lips, and they feel scarce anything of the holy pleasure. Watts believed that the Christian church could not sing strict translations of the psalms for two reasons. First, Watts believed that some of the psalms applied so specifically to the author and his circumstances that no other person could sing them authentically. Second, some psalms were, quote, fitted chiefly for Jewish worshipers, and thus Christians cannot necessarily sing them in their own worship. This led Watts to produce not a new translation of the Psalms, but hymns that would imitate the language, sentiments, and subjects of the Psalms, but in the language of Christians rather than Jews. He said this, I come therefore to explain my own design, which is to accommodate the book of Psalms to Christian worship. And in order to do this, it is necessary to divest David and Asaph of every other character but that of a psalmist and a saint, and to make them always speak the common sense and language of a Christian. In his goal, Watts often reinterpreted or adjusted the original meaning of the psalm in light of New Testament truth or Christian experience, and Jesus Shall Reign, his New Testament interpretation of Psalm 72, is no different. Called a song for Solomon, Psalm 72 is a royal psalm praying for the successful rule of David's descendants. The psalm prophesies the global extent of that rule one day in the future, when one of his descendants, as verse 8 says, shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. This descendant will have ultimate victory over all of his enemies, verse 9 says. Verse 13 says, he shall spare the poor and needy, And verse 15 says, daily shall he be praised. Most psalm scholars agree that this psalm is messianic in the sense that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, who shares in all the promises made to David and his descendants. Watts likewise saw the psalm as clearly messianic and thus interpreted it in his paraphrase to apply specifically to Jesus Christ. But what is also apparent is that Watts did not interpret the psalm as applying to Jesus' first coming, but rather his second coming. And two phrases in Watts' hymn in particular that are not in the original psalm lead to this interpretation. First, Watts says in his fourth stanza that his name like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice. This reference to a morning sacrifice occurs nowhere in the original psalm, so it is clearly an interpretive addition by Watts. 
The fact that there are no sacrifices today during the church age seems to indicate that Watts did not see the events of Psalm 72 as taking place during this age. He may have considered the psalm to take place entirely in the time of its writing in the Old Testament, but three factors indicate otherwise. The most obvious is that he makes Jesus the subject of his interpretation of the hymn. Second, Watts specifically cited royal psalms in his preface to Psalms of David Imitated as those that had little profitability for Christians. If he saw this psalm, Psalm 72, as only a reference to a king of Israel, it seems unlikely he would have rendered it as literally as he did. The third indication that Watts did not understand the psalm as relating only to a king in ancient Israel is the other phrase that he uses that was not in the original psalm. In stanza 7, he says, Where he displays his healing power, death and the curse are known no more. Again, the original psalm itself says nothing of healing, death, or the curse, which leads to a belief that Watts had Jesus, the ultimate descendant of David, in mind here. Yet this language proclaiming the end of death and the curse is certainly not true of the church age. So Watts very likely interpreted the meaning of Psalm 72 to be a future time when Christ would reign over all the earth and be praised with every morning sacrifice, as Ezekiel 46 prophesies. Not all of Watts's original stanzas are often included in hymnals, and in Hymns to the Living God, only five are included. The text reads, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does its successive journeys run. His kingdom spread from shore to shore till moons shall wax and wane no more. To him shall endless prayer be made and endless praises crown his head. His name like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice. People and realms of every tongue dwell on his love with sweetest song and infant voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. Blessings abound where'er he reigns. The prisoners leap to lose their chains. The weary find eternal rest, and all who suffer want are blessed. Let every creature rise and bring their grateful honors to our King. Angels descend with songs again, and earth repeat a loud Amen. You can download this hymn, Jesus Shall Reign, at classichymns.org.